listening to another powerful message from C3 Southwest Washington. We are so excited you're here with us, and we believe God has more in store for you. High five the person next to you. We're going to jump into our new series, but you may be seated. Um, today, we do, as Pastor Rowena said at the beginning of this morning, um, we do step into a new series, but it's not to replace the current series that we're in. We're actually jumping into a new series that is uh, an ongoing series all throughout this year. We have a lot of our speakers within our house on our speaking team and also our C3 interns who get to speak quite often, quite regularly. We do that on purpose because not only does it help them to be able to communicate the good things that God is doing in their life, but I personally believe that uh, by helping people to learn to speak, it'll make them better in business. It'll make them better in the community. It'll help them to interact with others better. And uh, so we're excited about this series. This series is entitled The Songs That We Sing. Um, and the idea was actually given to me by our speaker this morning, Jenny Mowry. And I thought it was such a great idea that I just said, let's make this a year-long series and we'll keep diving in and out of it. Um, singing does show up in the Old Testament in a couple different spots. When Moses led the people out of the, the nation of Egypt, there came a moment where Pharaoh tries to follow uh, him and take him back and drag all the people back. And as you know the story, the horse and the rider, they're cast into the sea and freedom for the Israelites is a reality on the other side of that body of water. And Moses breaks out into a song in Exodus chapter 15. And it's the first recorded song that we have in scripture. Uh, we see singing and, and instrumentation and music uh, all throughout Scripture, even back into the early part of the book of Genesis. But we discover one, um, one singer who is very notable. It would be King David. David, the young boy who with a stone killed Goliath, but also rose to become the king, who we also hear he's the man after God's very own heart. We, we notice something that's phenomenal about him in his younger years, he played the probably what is kind of similar to the modern-day guitar. He was so powerful that when he sang his songs to the Lord, that was his audience, an audience of one. He did not play before crowds, but people knew of his ability, so much so that when King Saul, who was being oppressed by literally by demons, they brought David in as a young man when he first was part of the army to play and to sing, and it caused that, those spirits to, 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 to retreat and Saul could be found in his right mind, the Bible says. Many of the books, uh, many of the, the chapters of the book of Psalms, the Psalms themselves, they're actually songs. They were recorded to tunes. David wrote many, many of these songs that then he instituted that the nation of Israel would sing. The Psalms are not just personal songs, but they became the songs of the nation. Now, we live in a, a, a day and age and in a country where music has such a forceful uh, grip on our culture. So much so, I was talking with Pastor Rowena. She was at work this week, and one of the little boys, they were talking about a competition or something, and he's probably only three or four years old, and it was an idea that they were going to go to some tournament or sporting event, and he said, we will, we will we will, we will. Gotcha. See, you know the song. It's part of our nation's chant. I could start off in song on so many different things and you could join in. And unfortunately, some of the songs I could sing would not be uh, ones that we would want to sing here, right? Because of the method, the, the, the message that's there. But there's an incredible power of music 
that is all throughout scriptures, all throughout our society. And I think it's notable, even the disciples, there came the point where Jesus is sharing that he's going to be betrayed. And in the process of sharing that truth, the, um, the disciples, the Bible says, before they went out to the, the Mount of Olives, together they sang a hymn. Jesus with his disciples, just a bunch of dudes. Guys, I would say, we don't care if you can carry a tune, but it does matter whether you sing or not. Your children need to hear you sing. Listen, hearing my dad sing for the first time in my life as an as a older teenager, after he gave his life to Christ, I thought, who is this man? But him declaring the truths of God with the other people in the house of God was powerful for me. And now growing up, our, grand, our children, then our grandchildren, we were singing a song a couple weeks ago about, I've got a lion in my lungs. And Benny looked up at Rowena and said, there's not a lion in my lungs. The children are listening. And so it's so important that we sing that because God commands us to, whether we sing good or not. He says, make a joyful noise, not necessarily a harmonious noise. So with that, this morning, I want to introduce uh, our speaker for today, Mrs. Mowry, who is coming to grace the stage. Give her a big hand. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. And good morning. It's good to see you today. And I'm excited to be here. Um, yes, this is my idea for the series. I did not, however, ask for the first slot. And so um, here we go. But I do love the songs we sing at church. They speak to me in such a powerful way. They feed my soul. And I just know that it's God's spirit within me rising up. We get to um, say the words from verses from the Bible. We get to declare things over our situations. We get to speak to the things that are true and the things that we are letting go of and letting God take care of. So I am going to be speaking today on this song behind me. It's called Firm Foundation. Um, as we talk about this, just to let you know, my notes are here, but also um, on the next few slides, the words from the songs or from the song that apply to the notes, or the, the topic, sorry, the point, as it is called, um, will be off to the right, or left, sorry. Stage right, as if you know what that may mean. I don't know. My daughter was a theater kid, and I never actually learned what that meant still. So uh, we'll just go on this side. How about that? All right. So Firm Foundation. This is a song that was written by Cody Carnes and it was released in December of 2021. Cody Carnes said that he wrote this song during a shaky season. Now, if you can imagine having a song released in 2021, the season that he's referring to is obviously that of COVID and political unrest and rioting and all the things. I think there were even murder hornets during the time, right? It was a shaky, shaky season. And he wrote this song because he wanted to focus on what Jesus teaches in the parable from Mar or Matthew 7, 24 to 27. He wants us to fix our eyes on the truth, on our foundation. When everything around us is shaking, this is where he said, I got to put my, fo my focus here. So, the parable is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus has just preached to thousands of people, and he's talked. It's 
two chapters worth in Matthew, if you've not read it. It's amazing. And it's all about like how you should live your life and how you should follow God and what you need to do to put God in your life first. And so he's, he's told them all these things. And then at the end, he says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. There was a storm and it didn't fall. Amen. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. The difference between these two men is that one did what God said. One built his house on the foundation that was strong and solid, and the other one ignored it all. That foundation that he's talking about are the things that he just shared with the people. He just gave them a way to live, a way to follow after him, to grow closer to him. And so if you build your life on those principles, your house will be solid. You have a firm foundation. And if you don't, get ready for the crumble because storms are coming. God is our firm foundation. The song says, Christ is our firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. My house is built on you. I'm standing strong on you. I've built my life on Jesus. I'm safe with you. Do you know that there are more than 50 verses in the Bible about God being the rock, our foundation? And that's just at a quick search, right? I'm sure there's actually more. But on a quick Google search, you'll see, oh, 50 verses about God being the rock. And some of those here I've, I've pulled out for you. Like, trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. He's not a rock that's just going to, you know, eventually fade away. He's an everlasting rock. Never going to go away. He is he only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, and I shall not be shaken. The words of the song talk about how we will not be shaken. When you're standing firm on that foundation, you're standing firm, right? It doesn't matter what comes your way. Your foundation is firm. And we get to see how solid our foundation is when we go through a storm. In fact, we might not even know how solid our foundation is until a storm comes. We all went through that in 2020. In some way, we weathered a storm altogether. Now, I'm not saying my situation was exactly like yours, and I'm not comparing my storms to your storms, but I'm telling you, we all were in that situation and together in some way. And a lot of people's foundation wasn't as solid as they thought it would be. I watched friends whose foundation crumbled because they were standing on the wrong thing. They were standing on their job. They were standing on the government. 
They were standing on their own health, right? Those things are, are important, don't get me wrong, but if everything is stripped away, what are you standing on, right? Where are you standing? And man, what a hard but amazing season that we went through. It was tough. And some people are still weathering the storm. But one thing I absolutely loved is that Pastor Emma, we had a Women's um, Mother's Day Zoom call because, you know, that's what we were doing at the time. And so she gets on. It's Mother's Day. It's right after the world shuts down for COVID. And she's talking about this parable. She's talking about math or the build your house upon the firm foundation on that solid rock. And I just smiled and I was like, yeah, I did that. Like this storm came and I, I didn't get knocked off course. Yeah, my life changed. I stayed home for months. Uh, things were different, but it was an opportunity to say, wow, I'm standing on the right thing. And it was a joy. Now, if you found yourself in a different spot, there's still hope. Don't worry. We can always turn and put our faith back on the right place, right? Back on God. Make him your foundation. No matter what you've done in the past, do it today. Start today, right? Yeah. It, storms do expose our weakness, though. Have you noticed that? I mean, if there's an actual storm happening right now, then um, and my roof starts leaking, I know my roof needs fixed. That's a weakness in my home. And I'm going to ask Corey to do it. Because <laughs> I can't go up there and fix the roof, not in a way that will stay fixed. There will be more problems later. But um, we can actually rely on others to build that foundation for us, though. We can rely on God. That's what we have. Because even my beloved husband isn't the foundation that I stand on, right? I love him. But I stand on the Lord, and that is firm. So rely on God. He's our foundation. Of course, pray for one another. Help one another out when you can. But you got to do that work yourself too, okay? Because there will be storms. The Bible tells us that in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Yeah, you're going to have trouble. That's told to us in the Bible. We know there's trouble. That trouble has started since the minute Eve took a bite of the apple. That is not the way that God planned it out. There will be trouble. And where those storms come from? They might come from the enemy. I mean, he tempted Eve, she took the bite. They may come from other people, other people who um, impact your life because of their selfish motivations, their choices. That impacts us. It does. The guy driving down the highway because he's only caring about getting to his destination faster than anyone else does something, causes an accident. It impacts me. Ourselves, we sometimes cause our own storms. 
sometimes we're staring at the storm and we're like, you know what? It's not moving fast enough. I think I'll help stir it up. We grab our own bucket of water and we start pouring it out there too. Like, all right, let's make the wind and the waves bigger and stronger. We're adding to our own storm by doing everything opposite of what God has told us to do. He told us to build our house on firm foundation. And the foolish man does everything opposite. The foolish man ignores the words of the Lord. He doesn't obey. He doesn't build his house the right way. And you might think, well, I'm not doing everything opposite. Yeah, but are you doing what God said? There's power in not doing anything, too. That's an answer, you know. Like, there's a choice in you're doing nothing. Somebody asks you to go to the movies. Hey, you want to go to the movies? And you don't know, like, should I go or not? I don't know. I mean, uh... And you don't answer them. Well, guess what? That movie's over. You answered them. Even though you didn't do anything, you answered them. So if you're doing nothing, you're not doing what God said. You don't have to fight against him. You just have to do nothing. So, and I'm not saying that to you. I'm saying that to me, to us, right? This is what he's talking about with the foolish man. And, uh, and ladies, we can be foolish too. <laughs> Um, there are real storms in our lives, and I don't discount any of them. And the storms you're going through, they're challenging. I get it. I've gone through different storms in my life, too. And the devil wants to use those things that come along to distract us. He wants to use those things to misguide you, to take your focus off the Lord. Don't add power to your storm by talking about them, by promoting them. Talk about what God tells you is true. Believe for what God is calling you to. Speak to the storm. You know, Jesus actually experienced storms too. This isn't just an us thing. Like the son of God experienced storms, both literally and metaphorically. I mean, he was crucified, you guys. Talk about a storm. He did nothing wrong. But literally in the Bible, he actually experiences real storms as well. Um, you know, he's in the boat with the disciples. He's snoozing. There's a storm. They're like, oh, why are you sleeping? He wasn't focused on the storm. My favorite, though, absolute favorite, is when he walks on water. So in this story in Matthew, Jesus has sent his disciples off in a boat and he stays back to pray. In fact, he was praying because John the Baptist, he had just found out that he had been beheaded. Talk about horrible thing, right? Sends his disciples off, and they go out into the, the boat, and they're going across. But when Jesus is ready to come and join them, they're, they're a long ways off, but they're not all the way across because there are wind and waves coming against them. And so Jesus just decides to walk across the water. Now, I love this because we've talked about this story so many times, but it dawned on me just recently, like, Jesus didn't calm the wind and the waves before he stepped out on the water. He walked through it. He walked through the storm. He didn't say, hey, stop, and then I'm going to go when it's calm. Jesus walked through the storm, and when the disciples see him come in, they're like, oh, is that a ghost? And Peter, my favorite disciple, says, um, if it's really you, then call me out. 
And so Jesus says, come on, let's go. And so Peter climbs out of the boat. Now, at this point, Peter's standing on the water. And I love Peter for having the courage to even get out of the boat. No one else said, hey, I want to go. Nobody else had faith to get out of the boat. Peter always gets a bad rap on this one because, of course, the next part of the story is that he takes his eyes off of Jesus and he starts to sink. He notices the wind and he notices the waves and he starts to sink. But he was the only one who had faith to even try. Right? Jesus calls him out of the boat. He stands there. He loses sight. He focuses on the storm and he starts to sink. You know, Jesus walked through the storm. He had a firm foundation because of his faith. He walked on water, you guys, because of his faith. Talk about firm foundation. If you had faith that created such a firm foundation that you could have walk on water, wow. How incredible that would be. Don't doubt the one you're putting your faith in. As soon as Peter looks to Jesus, Jesus reaches his hand out. He says, save me. Jesus reaches his hand out and he pulls him back up. Don't doubt the one you're putting your faith in. And consider it pure joy when you experience trials of many kinds. This verse does not make any sense the first time you read it. How can there be joy in trials? I do not get it. I do not understand it. Joy in trials? No way until you experience it. This verse doesn't make sense. But man, it's beautiful when you get it. The problem is to get it, you have to go through a trial and you have to have your faith in God and not on the problem. And then you'll understand the joy that comes from that. When I first heard this verse and was going through something, um, we were doing a women's Bible study, and we were reading James as our study, and, and I was going through a miscarriage at that moment. And I remember joy in the trial. Consider it pure joy. This is supposed to be joyful. And I remember talking to Corey about it, and he's like, how do you find joy in this? I don't get it. But I did. Because in going through that storm, I poured my heart into God. I got closer to God than I ever had been before. I prayed more. I got on my knees more. I cried out more. And the joy came from drawing close to him, not in losing our baby, but in drawing close to him in the process. There will be storms, but how do you weather them? I mean, you're going to do it on your own? Not well. Or you're going to do it with the Lord, and you're going to come out stronger, right? Yeah. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of a sea blown and tossed by the wind. Don't focus on the storm or your consequences like Peter did. Look to the one who can save you. Speak God's promises over your life, over your situation. Speak his truths. Build your house on him because God is with you. Yeah. He is faithful through generations. Psalm 105 says, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. If you read the Bible, 
you can see that faithfulness again and again and again. The people in the Bible mess up again and again and again. And God is faithful again and again and again. He provides a way again and again and again. I mean, the message is clear. Like, we mess up and God still loves us. We do the opposite of what he says and God is still faithful. Yes, there are consequences when we disobey. There are things we have to endure and go through, and it's not the plan maybe that he ultimately had for us because we choose something different. But he is faithful. He provides a way. In fact, he even sent Jesus to make a way for us. You just have to believe. And that peace that makes no sense in those terrible times That'll come. With prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And you will find that peace that transcends all understanding. It doesn't make sense until you're going through it. I remember the very first time I felt the presence of God wrap around me like a blanket. Um, It was in high school. A lot of terrible things happen in high school, by the way. Like, it's a tumultuous time. High school itself can be stormy. Um... But walking with the Lord, way easier to get through high school than without. Let me just tell you for our youth, um, put your faith in God now. You'll have an easier time in high school. Okay. So my friends, I had a lot of friends. We always um, went toilet papering together. Anyone in here know about toilet papering? This is such a thing of the past now. And since like 2020, like toilet paper became white gold, did it not? So we don't do it anymore because we realize what a precious commodity our toilet paper can be at any moment. But um, we, back in Michigan, it was a big deal. Like we toilet papered all the time for fun, like out of love. Like, I love you. I toilet papered your house. Oh, yeah, I got toilet papered. I mean, I have pictures of me sitting in my front yard with toilet paper hanging off all of my trees, and I'm smiling because my friends loved me enough to come and toilet paper me. That was so great. It was like an honor. So if you want to feel honored, just let me know. I'll come and dump some toilet paper in your house. But um, anyhow, this one day, I come driving home, and this was right after Corey and I had started dating, and uh And I was coming home, and I live in the country, and so the roads, like, it's a mile between every street. They're mile square blocks, and everything is square and flat and square and flat. And so you can see a long ways off when cars are coming. And so I'm driving along, and it's late, and I'm like, hmm, no one comes out this far, because I live far out in the country. Like, no one comes out this far at night, and these people are headed toward town, and I just had this feeling inside me, and I was like, something's going on. And so I slowed my car down, and as I passed this car coming away from my home, I recognized the car as one of my best friend's cars. And in the car, I caught a glimpse of a few other friends that I know. And I was like, hmm. Are they coming from my house? But it was a different feeling as I drove home and then I saw the toilet paper. It was a different feeling because our friendship had been a little bit rocky after Corey and I started dating. I think maybe some jealousy there, maybe a lack of my focus of giving them time and attention as well as him. I'm not sure. Regardless, I pulled in my driveway and yes, they had toilet paper in my home, but also 
had written some mean things in the yard with shaving cream and on the side of my house with shaving cream. And they had taken that roll of toilet paper and they had tossed one into our swimming pool. And my mom, ooh, man, get my mom mad, throw toilet paper in her pool. She takes care of it and that's hard to get out because it dissolves, right? <laughs> so anyhow, it wasn't the same. And I knew who exactly who had did, done it because I just passed them on the road. My friends had betrayed me. I went into the house and I cried. I went into my room and I sat on my bed and I cried. And my mom came in and and I, th I think she prayed with me, but I know she sat there and, and cried with me for a minute too. And, and then she left and I just prayed. And I remember the moment that I felt peace. It was like the Holy Spirit wrapped a blanket around me. I felt it so strong around my shoulders. And it didn't take the storm away. I still had to go to school. I still had to face these friends. I still had to figure out how to rebuild relationships with, with them. Because um, it didn't turn out it was all of them who did it. It was one extra person in the car. But the fact that they were all together and they let him do it also hurt. And um, anyhow, but the peace that I felt was amazing. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Stand on the rock of Christ. Don't be crushed by fear. Have faith in the one who made you, not fear in the storm around you. I had to walk into high school. I had to face these people. And man, I was praying the whole time. God be with me. I don't want to do it alone. I can't do it alone. And God was there. Have faith in the one who made you, not fear in the storm around you. That's so important. Sometimes our focus gets so much on what's going on that we forget about the faith that we have. Hebrews 13.5 says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. You know, we put our faith in a lot of things. We put our faith in the bridges that we drive over. I don't know the guy who welded those things together. What if he didn't get enough sleep? I, I don't know. The tires on my car. I mean, are, is the rubber made correctly? Were the lug nuts tightened down the right way? Are my tires just going to fly off? I don't know. I put my faith. I get in my car. I don't think about my tires. I should. I know my husband's right now. Jenny, you should think about your tires. <laughs> but I don't think about those things. I have faith in a lot of stuff. I have faith in the roof over my head, right? But do I? I mean, should I? It could come crashing down. Do we put our faith in ourselves? I know I disappoint myself all the time. I think, oh, I need to do this, and I don't do it, and then I'm disappointed in myself. Or I have the wrong expectations. That's something I've been growing a lot in as I've become an adult. And the more I rely on God, the less I rely on myself. And the fewer expectations I'm disappointed about not meeting. It's great. It's a win-win. <laughs> when you put your faith in your family, yeah, they're great. But death is real, right? Disappointment is real. Humans, we are real. We, we are not God. 
Sometimes we put our faith in our own health, and then our health fails. And ah, we need to put our faith in God. Our health will not always be there. I pray that it is. I pray for these things. Pray over these things, yes, but don't put your faith in them. Have your faith in Jesus. You put your faith in a lot of stuff. Why not Jesus? Why not? What do you have to lose? Nothing. I have never been more glad that I put my faith in Jesus. He's never let me down. Never. And he won't fail. He won't fail. I'm going to fail. Others around me are going to fail me. But he won't fail. The Bible says in James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. Why do I have faith in Jesus? Because as I have applied this, as I have drawn closer to God, I feel him coming closer to me. As I seek him, he is there. We need to seek him. It's not enough to just believe that he exists, but we need to seek him. We need to be the wise man who builds our house on the rock. That which the Bible says is true. John 5, 4 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and this victory that has overcome the world is our faith. I have experienced victory from the storms. And those moments going through the storms are anchor points in my faith. I think back to, man, the time when I sat on my bed crying and Jesus wrapped his arms around me. The time when I gave my life to Christ and I felt this presence within me. The time when um, Corey and I broke up and I gave it to God. The time when I had a miscarriage. The time when my dad died. Right? These are storms in my life, but there's victory through them because my faith has been in God. And my faith is firm, and it's growing. The more we spend time with God, the more that our, that foundation is solid. So don't just come here on Sunday to expect that to grow. Come, yes, but also get into the Bible yourself. You will grow so much. For the grace of God, you have been saved, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift. We can't earn this. It is a gift, right? God's not going to fail us. And the ultimate foundation of my faith comes from John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I mean, this is the foundation of what we believe, that God gave Jesus, Jesus came, he died for us, and he rose again. He forgives our sins if we put our hope in him. What a beautiful thing. Worship team, will you come up? I believe that Jesus came and he died for my sins. I believe in his resurrection power. I sing because Jesus died for me. He alone is worthy of our praise. Great are you, Lord. God is so great. Great are you, Lord, for what you've done for me. Great are you, Lord, for what you will continue to do for me. Great are you, Lord, in the storm and in the hard times. Great are you, Lord, in the peace. 
and the calm. Great are you, Lord, always. You will never fail. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You are so good. So good. We're going to sing the song, Firm Foundation, one more time. And as we sing, I want you to think about where are you standing? What are you standing on? And if you're standing on things that are crumbling below you, or that if they're taken away from you, your house will fall, I want you to put your faith in God alone. Those other things are a blessing. They're a joy. They're great. And God wants good things for you. He has good things for you. But you got to build your house on that firm foundation. Great are you, Lord. He is so great and he loves you. And his love will never fail you if you trust him with all your heart. Would you please stand with us? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being a firm foundation on which we can stand, on which we can build our lives. God, you are so good and faithful, and we are so thankful that you will never leave us. God, we are thankful for all the ways you work in our lives, for calming the storms around us, and for being the firm foundation we stand on when everything is washing away. God, great are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Great are you, Lord. Say that aloud. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for being with us today. Be sure to like and subscribe and visit us at c3swwa.com for more information about our church. 